You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. Hi there, how's it going, man? Good, how are you, sir? Oh, you know, I'm just kind of chilling. You know, I'm just, um, we're doing Box Office Bros a little differently. I'm sorry about all of the, like, you know, the lack of episodes for all you guys and gals who listen. We've had, like, a lot of technical difficulties. It's been, like, it's honestly been so frustrating, and it, like, hasn't been great, but hopefully everything sounds amazing for you all, and I hope that we just have, like, you know, just a great show, because I'm really excited to talk about movies, because honestly, it's, like, one of my favorite things to do. I've been writing a lot about movies lately. I've been um, writing some stuff. Yeah, I've been writing some pieces for the Gateway. I saw that and everything like that. So that's been a ton of fun. If you um, are interested in that, just go to you know the Gateway, and if you go to the entertainment, you'll see you know contributor Corey Osborne, and then you'll go ahead and see different articles, reviews. Um, I'm actually gonna my next article is gonna be about the Snyder Cut. So you know, tune in. <laughs> Have you been the past few weeks, Chance? Is the article also gonna be four hours? Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna take four hours to read it. And it's gonna take me a long time to write it, uh, dude. It's I don't even know where I'm gonna start with the thing, but I just know that I want to write about it. Oh dear Christ! <laughs> it's gonna take so long. No, for sure. It's just kind of crazy the way that it's just crazy the way that it works with um, Zack Snyder and all that kind of jazz. It's just like, dude. Because then you also have to explain what's wrong with the original theatrical cut. No, for sure you do. And like the thing is you can do that in a relatively not like layman's term, but not necessarily the most like you can like you can do it in a decent manner, you know what I mean? So you know it, it Yeah, I guess you don't have to get too granular, but like <laughs> You know it is what it is. But uh, we have a great show lined up for y'all today. We're talking about Raya the Last um Ryan the Last Dragon. We're also gonna talk about the love how much we love being in movie theaters now. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the end of WandaVision because we didn't get the chance to talk about the finale. We're going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier first episode um, and how it apparently ties into three different um, projects. And we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut a little bit, but we're going to have a full review next week because Chan hasn't seen it yet. And honestly, I don't blame you. It's four hours long. <laughs> I don't think I've had like four consecutive hours. Oh, well, maybe I have, but not like... A, like not there wasn't much room in between those four hours no like i happened to have um i had to have four like the entire day off yesterday so i could just chill and just watch the snyder cut that's basically what i did i was chilling i started it at like noon i had a little bit of a break and i got done by five so like shoot it, it took up a good chunk of my day and then i like watched some different anime and i read i've been reading manga lately i started reading this manga well i finished the manga like basically there's gonna be like new parts of the manga i finished the first arc that's the only thing that they have produced it's called chainsaw man it's about a guy who fights demons and he can turn his arms and his head into a chainsaw it's a lot of fun if y'all have not uh if y'all you know like manga and all that kind of stuff and you want to read it so yeah 
And it, also, it's getting adapted into an anime for all you guys who don't like to read. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. <laughs> oh, reading's big dumb. No, I said as I read like Dune. No, reading is big dumb. Not even gonna lie. Like I can't even get through Dune. I love it, but I guess like I keep on having to track back and then read it, reread. That's the reason why I've had it forever. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not through uh, but, the yeah. books you lent me yet because I'm a bad. No, man. for sure. No, don't worry. We 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 just have like here at the box office, bros. We just have a book club basically. So like that's kind of yeah. how it works for us. <laughs> no, like uh, I described Dune. The problem with Dune is like the first quarter of it, pretty like pretty exciting, and like. The middle 50% is, like, really political and a lot of ins and outs of, like, lore yep. and world building. And then the last quarter gets back to super exciting. No, for sure. And it's, like, and the political stuff is really interesting and really cool. But the problem is, is that you can really, like, do that political stuff really well. And, like, I think that it will be well done, the movie, because you could kind of breeze past it. In a cohesive way, but a way that's not going to bore people, kind of like, you know, the, the prequels. <laughs> that's like the best, um, that's the best thing that comes to mind, or the most, you know, relevant example. But anyways, let's get um, right into it. So, Raya the Last Dragon, first of all, um, in the show uh, in the show notes, um, Chance said, um, Raya's dad is a certified fresh dilf. <laughs> <laughs> I love the pun. Anyways, uh, so so get into that. What what, what are your feelings um, for um, uh, Raya's dad? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's just like that. Dad could get it. Nah, dude. He's a good. He is a good looking man. The people in general, like yes, the animation is. in general, so good looking. I really liked that. And you know, maybe we should talk about our thoughts of the movie. But since I've been talking, you know, I've been talking none other right now. I'm gonna go ahead and have you um, start out with the thoughts on Raya the Last Dragon. So my overall thoughts would be I like it overall. I know I know some people uh, who really didn't like Aquafina's performance, but I thought her performance itself was fine. Um, some of her dialogue was stupid, but that's not her fault. Um, I'd say this this movie is like it goes for like the all kid movie stuff a lot of the time when i think Corey, you made this point when we were walking out of the theater when like pixar no, or sure. dreamworks wouldn't do that um the music is wonderful in this movie like oh, the music is so good in it's this probably movie. my favorite disney movie score in a long ass time i'd say huh. like if the dialogue was just tweaked a little bit i'd like it a lot mm-hmm. more um I did feel it had some pacing issues because basically it goes with like a like a pro- prologue to how the world became what it was, and then it just goes to Raya, and then Raya just kind of like assembles like a crew to help save the world. And I just felt like when they kept adding people and going from place to place, we didn't really get a chance to explore any place very much. Um, because basically, if you don't know like. The, the whole world, like the whole greater Blair area of the world of Raya and the Last Dragon is shaped like a dragon. It's a river shaped like a dragon and then like all parts of the body split up into their own factions and clans. And basically they recruit people from every bit of the clan, mm-hmm. all the clans through circumstance. And I don't know, it just seemed like they brushed by some really quickly because they had to get pieces of a stone that broke. I don't know, it just seemed very rushed at the end and like 
even at the very end when like the climax happens like things kind of get tilted on their head but relatively quickly it kind of like resolves itself like uh i feel like the the antagonist i can't remember her name but her and raya i mean her and raya could have had i feel like they could have explored the relationship a no, little bit for more sure, if they sure. had like a few more scenes together i don't know it just seems like uh, if they had written this movie for like maybe a couple more weeks they would have tweaked a few things but I guess I don't know my I don't know my funny thought that I had like during this whole movie is like I really want to call the the clan that the uh, they're called Fang aren't they? Uh, no, the, no, which one the one that they're a part of or which one are there, you talking about? There's Fang, about? there's Talon, there's Spine. Yeah, I think it's Fang is the one that um um are you talking about the one that the antagonist is a part of? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's either yeah, Talon it's one of the ones that's more violent. One of the spiky, one of the ones that can cut and slash you. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, my whole, because, like, all the way their hair is cut is the same, and I was just like, man, Clan Skrillex is really mean. <laughs> <laughs> Clan Skrillex. That's really funny. It's just like... Because <laughs> they all imagine? have undercuts. And it's like, oh, uh, yes, you know what we should do? We should definitely just go ahead and, um... You know, we should just, like, you see that guy, Skrillex? Let's go ahead and just all cut our hair like his. Let's go. What if it was a bunch of warrior women who looked like Skrillex? Dude, that's funny. Skrillex kind of looks like a warrior woman. That's no fault against himself. Like, honestly, like, that's, you know, you do you, man. But um, you, you like, really hit the nail in the coffin uh, with there. Is that it's like, the movie seems like it's at war with itself, in my opinion. And the reason why is because I feel like there are people in the room who make who are writing and creating the movie, and they're like, "Oh, I want to go ahead and I want to make a movie that is, um, you know, accessible to teens and older elementary school kids, and have a good time with that." And the other half is like, "Goo goo gaga, let's have fun." And so it was like kind of it's really crappy because I just kept on thinking about how to train a dragon. And how that movie is really such a good young adult to, or like older um, kid to young adult movie. And that's kind of the, you know, kind of the way that I uh, thought of it. Because I thought, because the way I thought about it, like, because this is going to bother me, I'm going to look up the name. But basically with the um, relationship between Raya and, um, let's see here, Raya, let's act like I'm not pulling up IMDB. Anyways. Um, Raya and Namari, yes, because basically the Ryan, Raya and Namari, what I would have loved is seeing like, okay, obviously there's warring factions, but they all meet every now and then, and maybe throughout the years from when um, Raya was a little girl to when she was a little bit older, maybe preteens, um, she and Namari always played. They're always like, even though their um, tribes were against each other. Um, that would basically, you know, make it uh, a certain way. And then, like, I'm, without getting into spoilers, um, Namari does eventually does something that um, kind of really sours the relationship between Raya and uh, Namari. So I feel like, because the way that it's it pans out in the movie, it's like, okay, sure, you just met this girl. Why would you trust her anyway? You know what I mean? If they, I know, I, I saw it. I saw it coming so no, far away. That's like, exactly oh, what I mean. Like I saw it coming too. I was like, "Come on, girl!" 
You don't even know her. I'm like, obviously she's gonna she's gonna be shady. Come on. Well, it's like literally like look at her haircut. <laughs> you know they're up to no good. <laughs> but no, because another, like basically it just uh, I don't know. It's silly to me the way that they kind of did that because I because I feel like they could flesh that out really well. But at the same time, um, like I can go on and on about stuff that they like specific things that they should have done, but. I think that as one blanket thing is that you just really needed to treat the audience just a little more mature. And I feel like it would have suited the story better just because obviously they wanted to get, the, they want to go there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if they just run through the script like one more time, because like there's a lot of um, modern like vernacular in the movie, like, um, Namari and Raya will talk about how they're dragon nerds. No, for sure. And I get what really you mean. weird to me. No, for it's sure. It's like I'm a dragon nerd. Please stop saying nerd, please. No, yeah, it's like no, I'm a dragon weeb. Look at me. Where's the dragon <laughs> cut? <laughs> Anyways. Oh my god. Dude, I want the other cut of um Raya the Last Dragon. Goodness. Um but dude, uh, so Chance and I went to for, uh, we went to a movie theater, you know. Those old, those old ancient things. Um, we went to the movie theater to watch Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh my goodness! First of all, with Raya, I'm kind of uh, I I wouldn't spend the thirty bucks. Just wait until it um is free on Disney Plus if you can wait or see it in theaters so it's a little cheaper. Because I would be kind of disappointed if, even though like I probably would have preferred to watch it in the privacy of my home as opposed to a theater, and I'll tell you why in a second. But um. Oh gosh, and we forgot to say, I, I forgot to mention something, um, but, you know, my brain's going everywhere, but basically, um, like, it's, but basically, um, the movie just, uh, I'm not gonna go to what I originally said, because I lost my train of thought, <laughs> but basically, uh, what we're gonna go with is that, like, we were, we went to see the theater, or we went to theater and then watched everything, and it was really, it was really cool seeing it. But, like, gosh, there's these kids. And it made me really just, like, not miss, like, it makes me want every theater to adopt what Alamo has. Where, like, you can't have kids there. Um, and you can, and, it, and if you are acting like a child, even though you're an adult, you get thrown mm-hmm. out. Because, seriously, there's this kid who literally, after the amazing short at the beginning, yelled, boring. And I was like, shut up. Like, literally shut up. Like, honestly kid like and then i said something mm, chance said chance said something really really something funny. super not okay <laughs> it was it's very not okay because the thing is i don't really like i don't want random like employers to listen to this later on and be like oh well it's a no for chance for this job no, <laughs> yeah. let's just say that they think the kid should feel threatened <laughs> <laughs> like I, I hate to like derail our talk of raya but like i feel like is like if you ask Chance's opinion on children outside of a movie theater auditorium, you get maybe something lukewarm, but like it, it just trails significantly to one side if you asked him his opinion of children if he was standing inside of a movie theater. You know, like, I like, I like kids. Like, I like kids who I'm related to. Like, they're fine. So sure, they're still annoying. But at the same time, like, I can stand them, come related to them. To my sister but otherwise, like, if they're just <laughs> random kids around... 
like there is this kid at work today who was just climbing up on a bunk bed even there's literally like a wooden board over the steps going into the bunk bed saying do not climb and i said hey buddy you have to get off of that and he literally he literally just screamed at me he didn't say anything he just screamed like god demon spawn anyways (laughs) but no it's crazy and it's annoying because i just look at their parents and then i like i looked at his parents and then they're just like ignoring me i'm like are you kidding like i don't want your kid to die thank you very much anyways but it was really but, funny because those kids were doing a pass it on thing super oh yeah they're yelling they're like, and I was just like whisper 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 pass it on whisper 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 Pass it on. And I was like, shut up. I, just, I was like, and I was just like, you guys, they really you guys just really suck at whispering. Suck at whispering. And I was like, God. I... <clears throat> but yeah, the, the short uh, behind Raya was really good. I thought Aquafina um, was so good. It was, I, I really love that short. I think y'all will, will like it too. But, um, <laughs> and um, what I think about Aquafina as a character is that I have similar thoughts. The only deal with her is that. I just think that I think they could have just played her a little bit less for comedy because it really isn't Aquafina's fault. They literally just write parts for her like this because they're like, oh, you're really funny and crazy rich Asians. Let's have you do the same thing all the time, you know? And Aquafina really can stretch her, um, can really stretch her, her like dramatic muscles because of, um, what was that? Because she was in a movie really recently where she was just so amazing. And it. it's called The Farewell, where it's about her. Um, basically, her grandma is like terminally ill. And basically, the family decides not to tell the grandmother. They're all going to visit her and then, you know, make her happy and all that stuff. Apparently, that's um, something that's kind of common in China. Like, apparently that is like, which is crazy to me. But, you know, obviously, I'm not Chinese, so I wouldn't understand. Um but correct anybody correct me if i'm wrong if that's a custom or anything or if it's a different thing there for you but basically um that's kind of um that's what like premise is and aquafina is you know she's lived in america for most of her life but she's over there in china and then she's just worried basically about everything and she's like wanting to tell her grandma and it's like a really funny sweet movie and she has a really good subdued um performance where she's still funny at times but at the same time they give her a character, and I think people need to give Aquafina a character because she actually has some legit acting chops. People need to not belittle her to um, some of the more obvious parts of her, because you because making somebody be funny isn't belittling them. Comedy's more comedy's harder than drama in a lot of ways, but at the same time, she still has drama, dramatic chops, you know. Like I feel like if they, I don't know, like it goes back to that one like vernacular about today like she's talking about how she like talking about a group project where she just turned it in and i'm just like did, did dragons go to high school is that what happened <laughs> it's like yes like, i um, i, I want to know the miniseries dragon high school mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like that's what it i don't know like I feel like they could have played up the fish out of water stuff maybe just a little more just because it's 500 years difference like because like uh, the dragon had been Sisu had been like gone for over 500 years and just um 
I don't know. She seemed to like take to it really quickly, but like it's just kind of. I know maybe I'm asking like a little too much, but it just seems like um, I don't know. Like, would someone from 500 years ago right now like be able to communicate effectively toward me or you or whoever Joe Schmo off the street? I don't. Know. It's just. No, for sure. I I don't know. No, like, I definitely get what you mean. I granted Magic Dragon and semantics, but. I don't know, and I feel like the um, the one really good part of this movie is the fight choreography. That is great. Oh gosh, that was that that was so fantastic. I thought that it was like just way, a ton uh, of fun. The way Raya's sword works. See how that was conceptualized mm-hmm. and everything. Like Raya's sword is like so cool. Like not gonna lie. Uh, no, like it kind sure. of behaves like a whip. Like it can come apart and like behaves like a whip. Um, no, dude. It's cool. Sorry that, like, you guys didn't see this, but basically, I'm, like, basically, I'm running around because I don't want my cats to attack me in the middle of... Because they're, they're deciding to go on, like, they're deciding to, like, go on Mortal Kombat, basically. Yeah, they're, like, Mortal Kombat! But, yeah, the fight choreography, the whip sword, all that stuff is so solid. Like, I think that stuff is, ton of, is a ton of fun. Also, I like the fact that uh, B.D. Wong's character is also a character that seems very similar to his name. It's Tong with a T, not Wong. <laughs> like, uh, What's up with them like, always having B.D. Wong have similar names in all of his roles? Like Wong, B.D. Wong. Like, uh, I, honestly, he was probably one of my favorite characters just because of, of uh, I don't know, I just, I know it's a trope, but I like the trope of where like a... You know the big, the big tough strong guy, which is a trope by itself, but he's also like the big strong tough guy who you know is soft and has a personality. I don't know. I just always appreciate that sort of thing, uh, and the fact that he kind of bonded with the, and also he like bonded with the baby uh, that they picked up. Like, there's a little old baby that can just do stuff. <laughs> it can walk and everything. I don't know, these, the characters, where I wouldn't say are super strong, but, like, they're good enough to carry the movie. I don't know, it's just like a, I don't know, it's a solid Disney outing, like, it's not, I'd say, I'd put it on par with, like, Frozen, as far as quality, like, I'd say, I'd say the best movie, Disney movie that they've made has been Wreck-It Ralph, I don't think anything's been better than Wreck-It Ralph, maybe Moana, but. Um, I think... This might be a hot take here. Um, I think Big Hero 6 might be better than Wreck-It Ralph in certain ways. I really like Wreck-It Ralph, though. Um, I don't know if it's better. I think it's very on par with it. But I also um, really enjoy... Let's see. What was the other Disney animated movie that I was thinking about that left my brain? Obviously, it's not better than um, Wreck-It Ralph. I love Tingle. Tingle is so good. But... Wreck-It Ralph is amazing. Like, I, I probably will recant that statement anyways. I was just trying to be a contrarian to be a contrarian, I guess. But, um, no, like, I really like Big Hero 6 quite a bit. I think that movie is fantastic. Um, it's incredibly fun. And I think Disney is... it. Re- Disney Animation Studios really has a opportunity to do something really cool and really, like, unique here. So I really hope that they delve into that. You know what I mean? And don't... Um, do like super kitty stuff you know what i mean because like they could do kitty stuff obviously but still it's like eh. what well, i was gonna say like i guess we didn't really touch on it but like they the movie is very unsubtly 
kind of talking about like you know a lot of kids movies have like a, you know there's a moral to the story and stuff like that and this one was trust and like losing it and gaining it and i feel like i don't know it just sort of i wouldn't say missed the mark but kind of went too on the nose sometimes like um i don't know for a movie about trust they really didn't um they really did build up the fact that Damari and Raya should have trusted each other in the first place. That's one thing yeah, that I like, really kind of like harp on. They played together for like an hour and then Namari betrayed her and sent the world into darkness. No, exactly. So it's like, okay, like, uh, you know, it's kind of a toss up. Like everyone is super right not to trust them. Like, I guess that's kind of like the, the blind faith of trust of uh, that Sisu had for like you know everyone else but i'm like i guess my other like the other hole i could poke in this movie is just like yeah, i did hear that just now oh did you hear is, that just now is it a child yeah, I did hear just now. oh no daphne no <laughs> it's my cat <laughs> stop yelling daphne was just the door was open that you didn't let that pop well that's embarrassing um she said let me in no she wasn't ready no, right now I'm Kevin Hart for some weird reason. No, I have the speed limit. Anyways. Uh, oh my god. And So anyway, like I guess this kind of refers back to my point about the climax. Well, my one point is about the climax where like, uh, uh, should we just fall and spoil this movie? I mean, it's a kid's movie. And... Uh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, yeah, spoilers. So basically at the spoilers, end, like... Guess, yeah. uh, um, Raya just agrees to go, like, agrees with, uh, Sisu's plan to, like, trust Namari, and, like, Namari's got a crossbow aimed at her, and, like, she starts to squeeze the trigger, and, like, Raya's like, no, and then the dragon ends up getting shot and plunging the world into <laughs> why, darkness. Why, 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 am I, why am I laughing? You could, guys, I promise I don't hate this movie. I just, like, <laughs> it was just kind it's of kind a of, dumb sequence. It's very, very dumb, because they don't give any credence to why the last dragon um or sisu or why sisu would have gotten affected by that and they also don't really explain how she survives it at the end too you know what i mean so like well, i think she just turns into water <sighs> or something that's kind of silly but you know it's a kid's but, like, movie so i guess it should be like silly they, i guess but I don't, I don't know but like you know 10 minutes later when they have to you know wrap up because like you know all the dark mon darkness monsters well they're more like purple monsters the big purple monsters but um they uh, they trust each other because they're all going to die. I'm like, well, we're all going to die, so we might as well try this trust thing. Like, I feel like the dragon got shot way too late in the movie. Like, way too late into the third oh, act sure. to, like, have as much of a punch, I think. Because I'm just like, okay, I'm like, this movie's almost over. And you just shot the dragon. What's... <laughs> There's only, like, a few things that can happen here. Like, this... This movie didn't really surprise me in most aspects, I'd say. It's like, you know, you, you can't trust, you know, foreign sto foreign states. Can't trust them at all. Like, uh, that sort of thing. But it's just, I don't know. Like, the movie's beautiful. The choreography's great. Like, I just think... I don't know. It's just very... I'd say it's a little bit above average. Like, I don't... I don't have a strong opinion, like, negative or positive, if that makes sense. It's just, I know that sounds super middle of the road, but it's, like, very... 
I uh, wouldn't say meh, but I'm just like, you know, that was fun. I mean. No, like, I would give it a solid, like, five. And the thing is, is a five is very middle of the road, very average movie, and five isn't a bad thing. A lot of people think fives and sixes are bad things. That just means you really, that just means you're like, eh, okay, it's a movie, it's nice. And the thing is, there are a lot of really good parts of it. The annoying part about it, though, is that it could have easily been an eight or a nine. <laughs> like, it could, like, the concept was really good. They had really good characters besides the baby. I hated the baby, not even gonna lie. There's like, like, there's a baby that's way too smart to be a baby, and she had a ton of monkeys as her henchman. And you're like, okay, that's a cute scene uh, at this particular place, but no, the baby stays. The baby is in this the is rest a, of the movie, and you're like, why? Yeah, the baby becomes part of the crew, part of the yes, team they put exactly. together. Exactly. I'm like, what? What kind of? Can you, can you imagine? I guess we mentioned, like, well, the thing is, Tony Stark actually did kind of do like this, but with with uh, uh, Spider-Man. But what if Tony Stark was like, "Ooh, this is a talented baby. Look at her monkeys. Let's go fight Thanos." <laughs> That's basically what it would be like. That's like, what? This is dangerous. Why are you having this baby fight the the, the Drood or whatever it's called? Like, what? It's crazy. The Droon? Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm just like, this is a. How is this no, child even walking? How is this child communicating no, with it's a just, different species? It's crazy. <laughs> and also the fact that, like, they could run fast enough to, like, Raya had to pull out like, every trick in the book to catch up to them, to cat- get the pieces of the MacGuffin jewel um, in the movie that they were trying to collect. Um, I also would say Alan Tudyk does another great edition of the Animal Companion in Tuk Tuk. Like that giant, it's like a giant adorable armadillo, basically. And it rolls around. It rolls around, which is kind of cool. I don't understand why. I feel like Alan Tudyk is just like, oh, I'm here. And that's that's me. I'm going to be an animal. I'm going to be a robot. I'm not going to be like anything traditional, but I'm going to be me. You know? It's, it's like Every just time so I think of Alan Tudyk, it's like animal sidekick K2SO or Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yes so um okay i probably mentioned this before because i every time i think about steve the pirate i think about the fact that i had a, a choir teacher in high school who looked exactly like him and people would call him steve pirate <laughs> and it would piss him off so badly like uh, shout out to you mr bjornson if you're listening i hope you're not honestly because i know you just got like a flashback because he's gone through cycle and cycle of kids and then they're and then he's just like oh well it's nice they stopped calling Steve the pirate, but then, you know, this jackass who has a podcast goes ahead and points out the story again. <laughs> They're finally young enough to not know who Steve the pirate is, and then you just re-inject it. No, for sure. That's probably, that's probably it. Because <laughs> these kids, like, if you think about it, like, what, if you're 16 right now, gosh, you're born heavily into the 2000s at that point. No, like, what I can't get over what I can't get over is the fact that people born in 2000 are 21. And it's like, bruh, you. Like, you. You guys are babies. Yeah, my brother is. My brother turned 21 in January. Like, literal children. <clears throat> I can't talk too much trash on him. Well, I'm still younger. I'm older than my brother by, like, two and a half years. But I'm still younger than you by also, like, two and a half-ish years. No, because you're born in 98, right? 97, okay. Yeah, because I was born in 95. You know, it's not that Not too far crazy. away. We were both born in August. No, that's true. 
We're August babies. Look at us. We're Leos. Gang, gang. <laughs> but I don't know. Like... Classic Leo. Mm. Oh my okay, God. well, anyways, let's get off that riot train. Um, but, you know, pretty pretty decent movie. Um, definitely don't spend the $30 on it, please, for the love of God. Do not Unless spend the $30 Unless you have four boys around the ages of 10 to 12, then spend the $30 and stay at home. <laughs> no, 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 no. Looking exactly. at you, kind of kids. <laughs> Dude, like, seriously, those kids were so obnoxious. They're little farts. But, I dislike them because um, I used to be them. <laughs> Dude, I, no, the annoying thing is, is that, like, I didn't even talk in movies when I was a kid. I liked movies too much to talk a ton when I was a kid. Like, sure, I would occasionally, like, ask my dad a question because sometimes my dad would do a thing where he'd take me to movies that is not necessarily bad for me to watch, but, like, it was above my, like, intellectual level to watch. So Would I'd your dad like, take you to see Return of the King or something? Well, yeah, it would be stuff like that. And then I would just be like, what? I go, did Gandalf die? Is he, why is Gandalf back? It would just be like different things like that. I'd be like, dad, what's going on? He would consider. Why is Gandalf Caucasian now? (laughs) Why is Gandalf more white? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, basically like, that's literally what it would be like. If I had a question, I would like really, I would whisper quietly, you know, like whisper should be. And I would whisper to my dad to ask him like, what the heck is going on during a movie? But that's kind of the most that I would talk as a kid, at least what I remember. But it's like, dude, it's not that hard. And plus, like, and plus to top all off, the people who brought them were also being annoying, too. They were talking, too. And I was like, shut up. Why are you going to a movie if you're talking? Seriously, why? Why? Anyways, let's go back. Let's Silence your phones. Silence so, your children. <laughs> WandaVision. Okay, so um, very last Wanda arc Vision. of WandaVision. <laughs> Uh, very solid, very solid finishing. You know, basically, uh, where, where do you even want to start with WandaVision? Uh, just kind of like briefly, cause I feel like it's probably been talked to death by other like media nah, outlets at this sure. point, just cause we are having our technical issues. Cat, stop trying to climb up here. Um, ba- I don't know. Like it served its purpose. I think, um, the one thing that pissed me off though was the boner joke with Pietro. That was so stupid. Yeah, and and I'm going to talk about that, too, because, like, okay, so spoilers, by the way. Um, basically, um, M. Peters Pietro is actually a guy named Ralph. Yes, Ralph, the one who Agnes has been talking about all the time, and it's Ralph Boner. And here's my deal about that. It's like, okay, I was – you guys can um, – you guys and gals can track this. I am the one who said, hey, y'all are overreacting about the Iron Man 3 Mandarin twist. It's actually a great twist. Stop being stupid. But this twist is stupid. Like, I'm sorry. It's annoying because here's the thing is that, um, sure, it's like, it's really funny and it's on the nose, but it's borderline malicious in nature. The way they set it up, the way they set him up to be important. And here's the thing. And this is my main thing that I don't think a ton of people are talking about. You know when um, they were setting up like, oh, this is this person and this is this person. We have facial recognition, you know, so we can see that this person is this person in Westview. They would have known who Ralph Boner was then, you know, and they could have just done it there. They're like, oh, and Pietro Ralph Boner. It would have had the same exact effect. But no, they had to draw it out like it was actually something. They had to literally point out that post-credit scene that that made him seem important in the in the recap. 
there for you. Like, seriously, it's silly, all for a boner joke. I'm, was it a funny boner joke? Yes, all boner jokes are funny, but it's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and Monica was there, Monica, so I'd like it. Monica Rambo. Woo! More like Monica Rambo. Yo, Monica. Mm. Woo! <laughs> but anyways, no, it was like, uh, like you know, I, I guess we're just getting this out of the way, but uh, it was really like that, that joke sucked, and <laughs> that, that was not satisfying in the slightest, but what really shined it was the peeling back of all of the layers seeing what agnes um was seeing what agnes was doing and seeing uh what her like kind of end game was and the reason why she was westview in the first place was give me really, your really power cool. wanda oh for sure and like the thing is, is sure it's a little annoying when um marvel properties end with oh this person has this colored power oh and this other person has this colored power let blast it and go crazy. So it's a little like that's a little frustrating that that was the case on how it ended. Magic. But that it had a lot of cool subtext around it. And I know we're just going like vomiting the ending here, but like also like even like the stuff with White Vision and Vision. I really enjoyed that. It wasn't just like a drag out fight, 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 fight to the death with those two. I thought it was really cool that they talked because that's who Vision is. He's a very um, he's a very intellectual, very intelligent person. So it's just like the way that he would solve a problem is talking philosophy. So it makes sense that that's kind of what happened. What are your thoughts on some of those things there for the, you know, final off there? Um, I guess I'll just kind of run through it just because like I, you know, this show ended two weeks ago, but I'll say, uh, I really liked uh, the kind of, I liked, I enjoyed the fight between Agatha and Wanda. You know, I know people get mad about, you know, colorful beam battles in these movies sometimes but you know what it's sometimes it doesn't have to be deep but you know i can understand wanting it to be um i will say i really love the dialogue between vision and white vision like you know just like uh you know you're vision and i'm vision but neither of us are vision and that that was pretty it's like cool us and thinking then, that we're vision isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean that we are vision you know what i mean yeah it's just like just like your your vision and I'm also vision, but you're not vision and neither am I. And it's just like okay, damn. I like I like how philosophical they were getting, and then White Vision just kind of flies away to go think about his life. So you know, no, for sure. And I and I thought that that was really interesting. And I don't know what the end game of all that is because Vision physically is here, and Vision has the memories that old Vision had, like our Vision had. But that doesn't technically make him vision so, you know, because he has everything in him, but he doesn't have, um, to quote Wanda at the end of the episode, he doesn't have the part of the soul stone or the part of the mind or the, of the mind stone that is still in her. Um, and she, and that's basically what it is. So like, I don't know, people probably had this theory because I've been trying not to look at theories as, you know, I'm, you know, looking at this stuff or talking about this stuff, but Basically, I think about it, and I'm like, you know, maybe they're going to mesh one time in Multiverse of Madness or anything like that. Even though, has Paul Bettany been confirmed to be in Multiverse of Madness, or is he, or is that something that they're going to, like, awkwardly don't shoehorn in so. later? Don't shoehorn in, but, like, be like, yeah, by the way, this is a thing. I think it's just um, Wanda and America Chavez. Oh, uh, yes. And Rachel McAdams is in it for some odd reason. 
Just, no. <laughs> is she gonna Why is she in here? Why is she here? She was such a pointless character. Like, seriously, Doctor Strange doesn't need to get strange with anybody. Like, still, he can just chill and do his sorcery thing. Because, honestly, I feel like the guys and gals at Marvel are like, oh, they're like, oh, look Women at this. Women are a distraction. So, so listen here, we have, a, we have ourselves a superhero. We have ourselves a superhero, and you know what we always need? A love interest. Oh, are they bland and just not interesting and not even, not even like, compatible with the hero? Nah. Yeah, they ain't. But still, we need to have them in there because everybody, everybody's in love. You know, love is the greatest thing since she's on bread, don't you know? Hey! Anyways, that's literally what it is. That's that's how they talk to each other. They're like, hey, listen here, let's have let's have Thanos do a snap. Let's go! What what <laughs> if Sam Raimi casted her to be one of the ladies in his movies that screams really long while the camera's pointed at her? I would. I honestly wouldn't even doubt that. <laughs> It's just like, remember that Doc Ock scene with the lady uh, screaming a lot? Well, let's do it again. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. Um, I don't know. Like, I I also kind of liked we, I think we didn't get enough Monica in this episode, to be honest. Like, she saved um, Tommy and Billy with her powers. Um, like, uh, the way they put it on screen with the, you know, no amount of budget they had was pretty cool, I'd say. Um, yeah, they just kind of, um, and then they kind of cut the thread on Darcy pretty quick. It's just like, oh yes, I hit Hayward with a big truck. Now we're done. No, and apparently um, due to COVID and everything like that, she actually had to like dip out pretty quickly because they were recording that, um, on this. And I believe that they were doing it in Pinewood Studios in London and she had to go ahead and, um, do like something else somewhere else, I guess. And just due to the pandemic, a lot of their schedules were tighter. So, I think that's kind of what happened. Right. So, I think was, that's what was, was it also in this episode in Jimmy Woo where he's just like, oh, yeah, the FBI will be here within the hour. And then he just like calls <laughs> him and like, can you be here yes, within the hour? Was, Jimmy Woo is just such a pure guy. Uh, Jimmy Woo series, please, just make it happen. Yeah, I guess, you know, saying goodbye to the kids was cute. Saying goodbye to the vision vision was... I don't think it was cute. It was freaking sad. Well, like, these kids are, sad. These kids yeah. are dying. But real quick, I had to talk about um, all that. Like, I really like the Incredibles moment that they kind of had with the kids, you know, disarming. Yeah, like disarming all the, um, you know, sword agents and all that kind of stuff. And then handling um, Agatha and Vision handling Vision and all that kind of stuff. I thought that that was really well paced. The only thing I kind of wish that they did in this series in general is I wish they had a montage. And here's why. First of all, it makes what Wanda did a lot more fucked up. Because then it's a longer amount of time that he like had all these kids asleep in Westview. And a longer time that she literally had these people as captives. And the reason why I want a montage as well from a story perspective is so that you see that Wanda is parenting these kids and Vision is parenting these kids. And maybe have, I understand that this is a lot of production stuff and a lot of, like, probably a headache, but even more decades that we didn't see full episodes of. You know what I mean? But I think that that would be a very interesting device to be like, oh, Wanda has a true connection to these kids, which obviously they're her kids, so she's going to have a connection to them regardless of how long she has them. But at the same time, you need to have time, especially when they're, like, miraculously concepted. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, one of those deals where you're going to have to 
kind of have it that way. So I think that that it, it would have really benefited um, for the movie to kind of, you know, just do something like that, in my opinion. Yeah, and, like, I guess my other thing, too, is this, like, I guess Hayward's just sort of an asshole. That's really all there is to it. I don't know all my why he's an he, asshole. Hey, Honestly, I think I know why. Because, you know, he wasn't there for the blip, and or he didn't, or he didn't blip. And, like, he understands a lot of the ramifications of people playing God and what it can do to society. And he sees another enhanced human being trying to play God. Yeah, that would probably freak me out, He's just too. like, but shit, not this again. I still hate Hayward. <laughs> Corey yeah. brings up an God. excellent point about Hayward being the way he is, but still. <laughs> All my homies hate Hayward. <laughs> but here's my thing, though, about that. Is no Hayward was not Ultron. No Hayward wasn't. Um, what was another thing that they said Hayward might have been? Mephisto. Yeah, it was Mephisto, dude. You know what's funny is now people are um like people are is it have Mephisto? made Mephisto a meme. <laughs> like for instance, there's a Loki um poster that came up that looks so cool. Good by the way, it's a really cool poster. And then there happens to be like kind of an M shape on his shirt, <laughs> just because it creases. And they're like Mephisto. <laughs> Oh, is that Brandon Davis who was just like, oh, is that Mephisto? <laughs> Gosh, so funny, dude. You know what would be hilarious? If Mephisto shows up in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That would be the funniest <clears throat> thing if the demon Mephisto shows up in a show like that. That would be hysterical to me. Like, I would laugh so hard. Just like, first episode. First episode. Yeah, I think they're going Mephisto. for Winter Soldier vibes. Episode 8. Gosh. Oh my god, but, it's Mephisto. Um, uh, in closing with my thoughts, you can close with your thoughts on WandaVision as well, obviously, afterwards. But um, I really enjoyed um, seeing... Um, well, first of all, I thought all the stuff with Wanda and Agnes was really good, especially when Agatha, or Agnes slash Agatha, were um, pointing out like what she was doing to the people. I thought that was really cool. But I really like how the end kind of unfolded. She had to bring down the hex to let these people out and let these people live. And she basically had to more or less kind of kill her kids and vision. And that's really, really sad. And it was just very painful to kind of watch. It was really beautiful because this movie or this show just has like a lot of just beautiful moments um, between Vision and Wanda. And the cool part about it is obviously like I understood their relationship because of the comics because of supplementary reading and i was just thinking in my head i go wait a second a lot of people probably don't um a lot of people just don't probably understand their relationship until this movie you know what i mean so um i thought that was really cool hearing all that kind of stuff you know and so like you got to like everything peels back the kids are assimilated and out of the hex i guess and then like vin is like i still don't know who i am and then wanda does this really beautiful like she spouts this very beautiful kind of monologue about how he's the part of the milestone that is still in her and how she, um, he is her love and her hope and everything that's in him. And that's just the sweetest thing in the like, like the show just made me care about an android and um, a, witch, a witch being in a relationship and loving each other. And I just thought that that's a Herculean task that's really cool. And also, there's like the post credit scene where, you know, Monica's hang is gonna be hanging out with Squirrel Daddies and Squirrel Mammies and Nick Fury, <laughs> and also uh, we can you know I'll have you handle the other um, 
uh, post credit scene and your kind of thoughts on the conclusion. Okay, so I guess my final thoughts are uh, Wanda's costume looks great, by yeah. the way. Um, she looks amazing in it. And I don't mean that in a weird way, but she just looks amazing in it. <laughs> well, like, it looks amazing because I didn't think they'd ever be able to make that crown work, but they did. I'm glad they didn't kill Catherine Hahn. Like, that would have sucked just because another... Oh, no, yeah. Please explain what happened to Catherine Hahn. I forgot. So, basically, Agatha is defeated and, um, like, she's like, Wanda, you'll need me. You have no idea what you just did. Um, and essentially, um, she just, Wanda uses her mind powers and just turns Agnes back into, or Agatha back into Agnes. And she's just, you know, the next door neighbor who's, you know, a little quirky, but now it's for realsies. But like, they uh, still so... have to live with her. Ralph still has to live with her then. Like, what does that even mean? Ralph's probably like, hey, Catherine Hahn's here. <laughs> I feel like Ralph Boner wouldn't care. But <laughs> honestly, he just has a girl around, so he's happy. He's like, girls don't like, talk Yo, to me. Can I still have super speed? <laughs> he still bangs. Like, I... He never banged before. <laughs> do I still have super speed? <laughs> God. <laughs> no, but um, so I'm glad. Because like, I really hate it when like villains who are really. Because Marvel doesn't always. Marvel doesn't often have strong villains. And when they die, it sucks. Like, when Killmonger died, that sucked. When, I mean, it's a little... You could still possibly bring back Kate Blanchett as uh, Hela. Possibly. But for now, she's dead, and that sucks. Uh, so I'm glad they saved her. Um, also, um, so the other post credit scene, I would say, is... <laughs> I don't know what it is about Marvel characters and going to secluded cabins in the woods to study up on things. It's just the only way to do it. Like, so like Wanda's in this like, like, I don't want to say soaring, but like large rolling nature scene on a lake in that wooded cabin. And she's basically, she's like, oh, Wanda's just chilling with some tea. Oh, never mind. She's doing the Doctor Strange thing with the Darkhold in her Scarlet Witch's, like, spooky thing. So, basically, she's playing with the evil book of spells. And <laughs> that's probably not going to end up well because she hears the voices of her kids, like, yelling for help. And you're just like, okay, what, um, what is this going to bring? Because it could either A, mean they're still around somewhere, or B, someone's trying to torture her. Like, it's just kind of... I mean, I'm kind of glad they left it open-ended, just so, like, I mean, I guess this wouldn't stop the theories, but now the theories can finally stop. We can finally stop talking about Mephisto. Um, and the funny thing is, I don't even know if we can finally stop talking about Mephisto, because I feel like Mephisto's going to show up eventually, you know what I mean? Like I, I, like, I feel like when Nightmare walks on screen in Doctor Strange 2, everyone's just going to be like, oh, and the Nightmare's just like, what? <laughs> And that's kind of and that's kind of the well, thing. Though, what's too, wrong? Is that, like I genuinely think Mephisto's a more interesting character, and the reason why is because the guy really isn't even the devil. He just says he is, and I think that's so funny. And I think that he could be a very cool, evil Loki. You know what I mean? Like he can be somebody who is unabashedly evil and loves to be evil, not in the way where he's like, "Oh, I'm just a bad guy." <laughs> he's like actually really thrilled about being as evil as he is. I don't think they've really. 
And I don't really think that they've like explored a character like that in the MCU. And I don't know. MC the thing is, Nightmare gives me off, or gives off like he could be really a really cool villain, but he gives off like Malekith kind of vibes, where he's like, oh, I'm a dark guy, and I I live, I create nightmares. You know, that's just kind of. I wonder if that's going to strike a similar chord with like Gore the God Butcher, uh, played by Christian Bale. Just like, honestly, I don't know if Christian Bale could be boring though. He's such a fantastic. No, no, performer. that's true. Like, and I think Gore the God Butcher really... is such an interesting character though, because literally it's like, oh, the gods are pe the people on my planet worship the god. The gods never saved us, so I hate God. So I'm gonna go on a tirade against all gods, and that's literally him. And it's he's he's a really cool character in the comics. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I almost like feel like Nightmare in a way is an excuse for Sam Raimi to go crazy with his. Just like, oh, well, if if I can do anything but stick to these story points, then let's go crazy, gang. Um, like, I'm sure that's the very similar way Sam Raimi talks, but I don't know. Like, WandaVision, it's ends teed up. I'm really interested to see what White Vision, because White Vision kind of strikes me as a um, White Division. White Division. Um, he almost strikes me as kind of um, the new, like the other... The new Groot, uh, after Guardians, he got like he's, no, I, I definitely he's still Groot, but he's not Groot. Like he's mm -hmm. Groot's kid. No, I, I well, he has the memories, I think, or something like that. Like he's just trying to figure out who he is because he's like the same person but new. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know because he's just like all right, I have all these memories, and you know, Hex Vision kind of unlocked my feelings about stuff. So, am I my own person now? It's just kind of it's very interesting to see how they'll go with that. Well, yeah, I think WandaVision was a solid 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Like, it's pretty – got some issues. No, I, I would go – I would go pretty similarly. Kinda, I'd probably give it an 8. It's, great, it's a great show. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, whether it be like the – even though it's annoying, the boner joke part of it was kind of frustrating and all that kind of jazz, um, the show kept us guessing every week, and that's a really good thing about those water cooler kind yeah. of shows, you know? It's been a long time since I've – been a part of something like that like no for sure it's and it's a ton of fun and plus like the mcu being back is just enough it is just so nice and you know speaking about the mcu being back in true form even though wandavision is definitely in true form but in very traditional form um falcon and winter soldier um first episode released today um well as of recording it was today uh, what did you think about that i thought it was pretty solid um it got almost like I wasn't expecting the first episode to get so, like, nitty-gritty into, like, the personal lives of the characters. Like, mm -hmm. um, so do we, do we want to do spoilers? Um, well, let's first just say our initial thoughts, and then we get into spoilers. Okay. So I really like how they kind of went into the... I like the action. Like, there, there was a big action set mm -hmm. piece in the start. Um, I thought that was really cool. It reminded me of Iron Man 1. Like, that scene in, um... The desert with uh, the the F twenty twos and Iron Man flying around like it reminded me a lot of that. Um, I really liked how we got back into the personal lives of Bucky and Sam, uh, just and also like the aftermath of the the blip. I really thought that was really interesting, just because that's gonna cause like realistically speaking, that would cause so so many problems of people disappearing and then people coming back five years later so yeah i was really cool to see um there's also like a lot of emotional stuff that i wasn't really expecting from this this show in particular 
Um, but yeah, overall, I'd like, rate it pretty good. And I'm, and also that little ending, uh, the uh, little ending base plate was really like, oh, ooh, okay, <laughs> well, let's go with this. No, and the thing is, is I agree. Like, I think that it was definitely, um, like, a really emotionally impactful um, initial kind of deal there. Like, I thought it was really interesting the way that they, um, you know, pointed out what was going on with Cat or what was coming out with Bucky and what was going out with um, uh, Sam and everything like that. You really got more so Sam than um, Buck, but you were seeing a lot of their struggles and kind of what they were going through and how everything was working out for them. You know what I mean? So I really liked the way that they kind of got that emotional core because they did a lot of emotional legwork this episode. And the reason why I think they did that is because they wanted to set the stage for kind of what's going on and they doing it as a jumping off point so that they can, you know, have cool action set pieces and all ho also have stuff that's just affecting other people. And so you can so you can still have the frenetic action of like the Winter Soldier and that kind of stuff, but also have a lot of heart there. And I feel like this episode was just doing a lot of building. And so I really kind of appreciate that. Yeah, so did I. Like, um, I don't know, just like these kind of characters, like, well, especially with Bucky, because like, I get it, like there's a there's a line in Civil War where Tony was like, you know, had Bucky in like a chokehold, and he was just like, "Do you even remember them?" And then Bucky says, "I remember all of them," mm -hmm. and that's like kind of. I mean, when we get into spoilers, I'll and expand that's on that. And that's literally revisited in this episode. And it's just mm -hmm. crazy. And I'm just like, but, "Wow, okay, we're gonna." We're going to get deep yeah. into our feelings, aren't we? Speaking of spoilers, do you want to just go ahead and go into it? No, for sure. Yeah, I'd love spoiler, to. Spoiler um, warning. Spoiler warning. Anyways, continue. So, so basically, um, Bucky kind of has, like, PTSD and feeling, like, mm -hmm. super guilty about what he's done uh, as his time as the Winter Soldier. Like, um... He has a list of like people he's wronged and like ways to make it right because he's like he's seen a like he's seeing a therapist um, like who he's very like none <laughs> he does not like to get along with his shrink which it was kind of a it was a strong but also funny scene at the same time where like this is like is a therapist or his therapist is really good at reading him and she's just <laughs> like oh so you had a nightmare he's like I didn't have a nightmare like I know when you're lying dickhead um <laughs> like. Uh, basically, Bucky just kind of remembers a man he murdered way back in the day, uh, when he didn't, when he had no reason to murder him. You know, he's the Winter Soldier. I mean, who's gonna pick you out of a police line or something like that? And then, um, basically, uh, the therapist kind of tees up that he's like making amends for people he's wronged. Like he shows like a senator he put in power is abusing that power so he like kind of like scares her in a way that's like he breaks a dude's really? neck um and then basically kind of cuts away from that i'm sure i'm messing up some of the episode order here but like um then like buggy's hanging out for this old man for some reason who's just like yeah let's go get some lunch and then um i don't know what it is about the characters in the past but they keep trying to get people hooked up uh, uh or their friends do like black widow really wanted steve to bank sharon and this old man <laughs> really wanted uh bucky to uh go on a date with the lady at the uh 
the uh, food place they are at. And I'm just like, God damn, you guys need to chill. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, but uh, basically, it turns out that that old man is the father of that guy he murdered way back in the day. And he's like really upset about it. And Bucky's just kind of like working up to tell him. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I didn't think we were going to get this leg. But I guess the Winter Soldier is a character you could really get deep in the mud with just because of like you know if you're just like this unthinking killing machine and then you you know the person you were is still in there somewhere and can't do anything about it now the you know unthinking hypnotized killing machine's gone you're left with the what's left and i thought that was really cool um (coughs) and i i wouldn't expect myself to like this but i really enjoyed um kind of falcon's uh relationship with his like his relationship with his sister and his two nephews just kind of like uh you know you know how siblings squabble when they're adults like oh no i've sure. seen it first about real things yeah because mm-hmm. because when siblings when siblings squabble when they're kids it's always tr- kind of trivial trivial you know but when they're adults it's always about real impactful things and it's so interesting to see the development of that you know what i mean mm-hmm. And it's something you don't expect to see in this in this medium. Like, it's like, oh, the guy with the wings who flies around and got beat up by Ant Man. That guy, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was really. I don't know. It's just like it was really real. Like sometimes you don't get real in these movies, and it was really nice to see it. Like, um, just kind of, because like I could see like I can see it from his sister's perspective but I can also see it from his perspective yeah like, but you could also see how he's being a little idealistic with the way that he was dealing with things but yeah. mm-hmm. you know like he was gone for five years and he has to deal with the fact that he was gone for five years but she has to deal with the fact that she was still here when everyone it's like disappeared she was still so here like, and she was raising two boys alone you know so it's like a double whammy of like the blip happened and whatever happened with her husband um or boyfriend or whatever happened and so that um leads me and kind of like my first thoughts there is what i thought was really interesting was even how like the episode started with sam is that he is basically thinking about what um cap told him and like how he's like oh here's the shield and he's like it's for somebody it's it doesn't feel like it's mine you know and so he hands off the shield which by the way they haven't said that Cap died, right? Yeah, they're, they're like heavy implying that Captain America is dead, but I don't... I don't know if he is. You know, I have a feeling they're just going to reveal that he that um he's here. Just somewhere, you know? Just chilling. Like he's out playing like frisbee golf and he's still jacked no, somehow. He, he's just out there chilling. Had a mimosa that he can't get drunk off of. Um. <laughs> or he's like, I'm finally old enough to get drunk <laughs> off these things. This is but, great. Yeah, that's basically, um, but regardless of all that kind of, um, that, all that funny stuff, I thought it was really great how they kind of introduced Sam in the episode and how he was just like very apprehensive. He hands the, you know, he hands everything to the government, you know, the shield and whatnot, and then he's talking there and he has a really good conversation with War Machine. I know, I wasn't expecting to see Don Cheadle in the episode, the first episode. No, for sure. And I hope that he's in another episode. Like, that'd be really cool if he he shows up again. But it was really great seeing him in there. And it was also really, like, side note about the show, it looks exactly like a Marvel movie. And I just think that's really cool with, like, like a Marvel budget and, like, everything just looks so great. But 
um, regardless of all of that. I thought it was really cool hearing the conversation that they um, had or seeing the conversation and hearing it as well and being like, wow, it's like these two men are very similar. And that's what I was thinking about. You know what I mean? As things went on, they're very similar men who have gone through similar paths and have um, both larger than life best friends who a lot of what they are comes from their best friends who have more or less sacrificed a good portion of their life for the cause and everything like that. And Tony's case, his entire life. But, um, and it was also interesting hearing Don or like uh, War Machine and everything him, him say uh, that, you know, that he just really, you know, he wants Sam to think more about his decisions here. Because I think um, Sam's a little naive to think that the American government will just let that shield be there. And I think Don, I think uh, Don Chill's just like, hmm, hmm. But yeah, I don't know why I keep on saying Don. The roadie is just like, yeah, hmm, no. <laughs> I don't know, because I think, like, because, you know, War Machine's going to have a show, Armor Wars. Well, like, I, I would really love to see, like, uh, Falcon and War Machine team up, maybe not in this movie or this show, but maybe something else. But, like, I feel like a lot of people have, like, delegated the oh, yes, I'm Mr. Hero role to, like, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, but, like, Rhodey can take up some, you know, maybe not as prominent of a role, but, like, he's still, you know, he's got the suit and he knows how to use it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's willing to step up in a position like Iron Man filled where Sam doesn't want to step up, doesn't think he should step in a position that Captain America was in. Like... And maybe that's also kind of like Rhodey's just like, you know, you you put in the work, man. You have every right to, you know, don that shield. You know? Like, I, uh... Like, like, I don't know, like... I really, like, I really appreciate seeing Don Cheadle there. Um, I don't know, it's just like... What, like... What did Cap's words, like, not convince him? That it's not, like, like not his? It's just like... It's like, Sam, I want you to put your wings on and bop people with the shield, okay? I want you to put your window, or put your put your wings on and bop them. Look at here. Goodness. Ricochet that, this this frisbee I have. But, yeah, I, like, and the, the thing is, is that, like, as the, like, kind of episode goes on with, I know we've been just talking about kind of the emotional stuff, but from, like, a standpoint, um, Sam makes friends with this one military guy. And the military guy has been looking into this thing, these like association called the Flag Smashers. And they look to be, and their kind of thing is that they thought that the blip was actually a great idea. The less people, the better. People weren't, uh, people were more free to just go between borders and be who they are. Goddamn so libertarians. Are like, no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we need, like, we need to do our thing. And apparently some of them are enhanced. They look kind of enhanced. And they're just basically a terrorist group popping up there. And basically, that's kind of the seeds of that is going to, you know, be a thing throughout these episodes, I presume. I hope so, because then that would be a waste of time, if not. But um, they kind of set that motion going and they do a lot of like, like if there is one way to um, just describe this episode to me is it's let work. You know, it's gosh. Poor gosh. Can you not? Dude. Ugh. Thor just freaked are, me. Are your cats? But <laughs> he just jumped cats. on the chair behind me, and I was like, "Ah!" 
no, I'm just kind of checking to see if the demon cat is uh, going to attack me. I'm just trying to pinpoint where he is. Yeah, well, I guess, do you want me to, like, uh, do that little, like, little WTF at the end of uh, Oh, yeah, definitely talk about the WTF. So, basically, um, I think it was, like, Sam and his sister were arguing about something. Or maybe Sam was just by himself, and then his sister came into the room, but it's just like... Uh, Sam, turn on the, turn on the, the goddamn television. Um, yeah. And sure as shit, we see this government guru man that we saw at the beginning of the episode during this little ceremony. Sam put the shield in a big glass case. And then all of a sudden we see the shield is not in the case. It's being carried by, carried by good old Wyatt Russell. <laughs> and he just looks really derpy in the uniform, but basically... He looks derpy in the uniform, and he just has a punchable face. Yes, he does. Basically, we, we see our first look at American agent, who's still being called the Captain America. You. Uh, but I'm just like, okay, I guess, so this is going to be, I wonder if it's going to be the B-plot of this show, where it's like dealing with the government, like, maybe the B-plot will be Sam becoming Captain America himself, no, for where sure. it's just like, alright, gotta deal with the super terrorists. But also have to deal with, like, this random man stealing Steve's and my thunder. So, we gotta deal with that. So, I don't know. It was just like, alright, that's a nice little, little, um, like, basically it's kind of like WandaVision. Like, okay, it'll, it'll make the diehard comic fans like, oh yeah, and then everyone else be like, what the hell is this? So. Also, Mephisto theorists, theorists or whatever, um, why wasn't the first episode supposed to be called Rest in Peace Cap? Wasn't that the rumored, um, what was that? The, wasn't that the rumored one there for you? Oh, no, you're dumb. Okay, anyways. It's like people need to stop. Like, guys, if you have a rumor and it has no base in reality, it's not a rumor. It's just you making up shit. Basically, just like, make your fan theory, and if it turns out to be true... That's good. You called it, and if it's not, oh well. Because the episode. first episode is called New World Order. So, like, what? What are you doing? Anyways. <laughs> no, for sure. But it's, um, but no, yeah, um, I thought that was, I thought it was a very solid episode. I'm really excited to see where it goes, because I love the tone that they've set forth. I think it's just going to be a ton of fun. And, um, anything else you have to say, um, uh, about the episode? Um... Bucky's super awkward in a date, by the way. Um, yeah, and like as most a hundred year old men would be, because like he's a man at a time, and plus she kept on talking about like a she was like, oh yeah, this old guy he hasn't been the same since his son died. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'd hate to be the asshole who murdered him. <laughs> yeah, and then Bucky's just like, ah, you know. Can you imagine it'd be like a oh, Morty? He's like, oh, oh gee, yeah, I'm sorry, ah, oh, gee, I murdered him, ah, oh, gee, I'm Bucky. Like, that's the reason I'm wearing gloves. I have a big metal arm. <laughs> Why would you tell you Dude. that? Like, also, they play Battleship on a date? What the hell? <laughs> Honestly, that's a good date. Like, I guess that's true. I, I would be kind of happy about that. You know, well, if somebody I'm, was like, oh, look, Battleship. That's a great date game. I, I played Battleship for date night, but I'm not sure, like, as a first date, would you play Battleship? I don't know, maybe. I guess that's a good way to like figure out how crazy someone is right off the bat. Just play a board game with them. <laughs> that's true. Like that's true. you're halfway through a game of Monopoly and I'm just like, I will fucking kill you if you do that. For sure, for sure. <laughs> well, um, in clo- and in closing, 
uh, for the one uh, well for enclosing in both kind of things because we're running about a little over a little a little, a little over now. Now concluding um, the novel talk. Basically, um, I give it a good review. I think y'all should watch it. Check it out. I really enjoyed the episode. I think that's yeah. I think that's a really good episode, and I think y'all should check it out. Um, yeah, check it out. Check it out. But I I liked it. Um, I'm excited for next Friday because first of all, Invincible gonna the first three episodes of or the first three episodes of Invincible is dropping on Amazon, and I'm pretty stoked for that. And the new episode of of Falcon and Winter Soldier is gonna be out, so it's gonna be dope. You said it right, Corey. I did. I, I've said it right like all episode. It's been. I'm really happy for myself. But, but what a streak. <laughs> uh, anything else you have to say? No, I can't wait for next week. No, dude, I'm, I'm super stoked. And also, um, yeah. So, how does this um, tie into three um, different projects? Because um, is it Secret Invasion as well as Armor Wars? And what else? Or Thunderbolts? Possibly. Because basically, maybe I saw a thing where like no one said anything, but the head writer said it did. Ah, but basically like a little interview. The head, the head writer, I can't remember his name. He's just like, yeah, this ties into three different projects, but he didn't say which three projects. I have to think Armor Wars. You have to think Thunderbolts. I mean, Thunderbolts is still a rumor, granted, I believe. Or is that no, been it's confirmed? a rumor. And then, I mean, because... Of the things that are, like, you know, definitely happening, I guess you could say, um, I don't know, maybe She-Hulk. I mean, I'd say Armor Wars and Secret Invasion would probably be the most likely than maybe She-Hulk. Maybe, maybe Bucky really needs a lawyer. <laughs> Even though he got a pardon, he needs a lawyer. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and now representing Bucky Bonds, I don't know why I'm talking like that. Jennifer Walters, who's also tall and green. No relation, but actually there is. But, um, I don't know. So, I guess, I feel like we're very in, like, the infancy stage of the Disney, well, we are in the infancy infancy stage of Disney+, Plus because it's just, like, we, we don't know how, like, things behave with each other just because we're, like, two shows in. Like, I don't know. I'd say, I would say Secret Invasion and Armor Wars are two pretty good locks for it and then the third one could be just unannounced as of now thunderbolts is actually a really good one just because like i wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw william hurt in this show no i wouldn't be surprised in the slightest and i dude i i think that thunderbolts is just such a great idea too because you'd be able to see batrock the leaper you'd be able to see zemo and then like uh, gosh, I just think that would be. You, there's so many just really cool characters you can um, kind of have there. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess in, we haven't even touched on Moon Knight in months. It feels like there's been like besides Oscar Isaac. No, so. dude, I know. I'm super excited for that. Like this series, I'm really excited for these series to point out new characters too. You know what I mean? Just so we can see how they develop them, and like because you know it's always fun seeing new Marvel properties. Um, so, yeah. But um, with that with that said. Um, let's um go and shift over to our final topic, um, and it's like a mini topic almost. But uh, brief touch on brief touch on Snyder Cut. I've seen the Snyder Cut. Chances not. So I'm gonna go ahead and start then. The Snyder Cut's very interesting. Um, I have a lot to say about it, but I want you guys to listen to the next podcast, so I'm not gonna do that. But um, basically, long story short. 
I recommend it. You watch it. It's four hours long. So I would probably just either get a chunk of your day like I did or go ahead and just watch it in part. You know, make a day out of it. You know, order some dinner. Have a good time. That's kind of what I did. I ordered some wings and it was nice. But um, basically, it's really good. It's way better than the theatrical cut. And for all of you who really wanted justice for Zach, I think that you're getting it. So that's so it's a it's a really good ride. Any um any thoughts on anything like about the reception? I know you've been look you've been in film Twitter and you've been seeing the reactions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been knee deep in film Twitter today. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll, okay. I've maybe I'll ask you a few oh, questions sure. no, and then you no, can just kind me. of like re, no, re- reaffirm. So I've heard the first act of it is pretty self indulgent. Yes, it is. it's very agree? Zack Snyder and it's very slow. And there's a lot of slow motion times of people doing things and being very slow while they're doing it. And it's very Zack Snyder. Um, it kind of works in some scenes and other scenes it doesn't. First hour is probably my least favorite part of the movie, but it's still really, I still think that in that first hour, they're still developing a lot of stuff that was just left on the cutting board. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk about more things. Um, but here's the deal. A lot of your favorite scenes from Justice League's theatrical cut. They're actually Snyder scenes, which is the most ironic part of it. So, um, that's that's all that I'm gonna say about that um, specific question. Um, any other questions? Uh, yeah. So I've heard a lot of people say that there are like some iconic premium comic book moments in the movie. I just just like, a, would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I would agree with that assessment. A decent amount it's still the same movie as the theatrical cut but um there are different moments that are very very interesting and moments that are great i think sometimes people are exaggerating a little bit about some of the moments but it's still a really really great um movie it just has so much heart too and it's up there with one of it's up there as one of my favorite dceu films i never thought i'd say that about the Snyder cut so would you say okay from your assessment there I'd say it's definitely better than Batman v Superman. Oh definitely. Is it better than Man of Steel? I like Man of Steel though. Right, I, so uh, it's I think it's better. It's better. It's definitely more cohesive of a narrative than Man of Steel was. Yeah. Would you would you would you put it above Wonder Woman? Would you put it above Aquaman? Um I think story content and the heart of it is better than Aquaman. I don't think it's better than Wonder Woman. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 can die in a hole for all I care. I hate that movie. Um, but uh, I don't think it's as good as the first Wonder Woman, but I think it's really close. Or not really close, but it's kind of close. You know what I mean? The third act is least better. I'm just... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. The third act is... Basic... The third act is the third act from the theatrical cut. Um, for the most part, I guess, except there's no people, which is nice. But um, the thing is, is that the battle is just recontextualized in a lot of ways, and a lot of really cool stuff happens that makes me want to scream. Like, if Zack Snyder had this written down, Josh saw it, and was like, hmm, nah. I'm like, what? Because no. it was some of the coolest no. shit in the script then, you know what I mean? Because, like, some really cool stuff happens in that final battle, so. Well, yeah. I don't want to undercut our actual review of the movie, so. No, for sure. I'll, put for the, sure. I'll pump the brakes there. No, for sure. But, yeah, and with that, uh, we're going to, you know, put this down to a close. Chan, thank you for being a part of Box Office Bros this week. I really appreciate you. 
Um, You're welcome. And I'm sorry that we've been so absent, but we are going to have a review of the Snyder Cut next week, and we're going to be talking about some other stuff, and it's going to be a fun time. Chance, you have anything else to tell people before we leave? Um, funny, because you know how I mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier? I actually had never seen those movies until like a couple of weeks hey, nice. ago. Hey, nice. I, I watched all three of them on HBO Max, not the theatrical cuts, not the extended editions. Only one of the extended editions is on Max at the moment. Really good movies. I'm. I know why... I know why they're revered so much. I'm pretty sure most of the meme references are in uh, Fellowship. Um, but, oh, no, it was really good. Like, I understand why that's... That and Godfather are the only two trilogies that where all three movies have been nominated for Best Picture. Also, I've been watching an egregious amount of One Piece, and I'm not even, like, a quarter of the way through. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing with One Piece. You just... I don't know see you when you're 30 and finish it you know what i mean (laughs) and i'm watching the dub of one piece not even like the dub's only like dubbed episode like 500 of a thousand no for sure it's (laughs) dude that shows nuts how long it is it's crazy but there's some really good arcs i i should probably take a break from it and then just like watch something else i've been i've been thinking about getting into one piece but at the same time i'm I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just read it <laughs> and then like pick up that place that's really cool. But yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, I'm sure when it's all done, like they'll release like a thing with like out the filler arcs. It's like some of the filler arcs are actually really enjoyable. Some of them suck, but overall, I I've enjoyed my experience thus far with One Piece. Despite no, it. for sure. And from an anime point of view, if you want to listen, if you want to watch a really good anime, I started watching Jujutsu Kaisen, which is really good, and um. Attack on Titan's almost ending, so that's a tough one. Always, it's always fun to watch Attack on Titan, and um, yeah. So, no, anime has been pretty cool lately, and um, yeah, like I said, I also read Chainsaw Man, and Chainsaw Man, I'm just so excited for it to, because the same people who animated, like the same studio that animated Jujutsu Kaisen and a newest season of Attack on Titan, um, Mappa Studio Mappa is doing Attack on, is doing um, Chainsaw Man's manga or uh, anime adaptation, and oh gosh, it's gonna be so good. I'm so excited. Things that could be lost in translation. Well, the thing is, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with Chainsaw Man, but I'm still really excited about it. But with but with that said, thank you all for listening. We're back. Box Office Bros, out. Thank you for listening to Box Office Bros. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Have a great day. And see you next time. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. And now for my next impression, Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.